Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anshe Emmett Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion of Vayera, the power and mystery of God's name. How do you feel about people sneaking up on you? <laughs> you know, um, during COVID, uh, when we were all quarantined and back when I had four people in the house all day, every day, um, my daughter thought it was funny to try to sneak up on me. My back is to the door in my little office, which used to be our laundry room. And she would sneak up while I was working and, and you know, spray me with a water gun. And I said, you know, uh, that is not really conducive to writing, um, concentrating. Um, I'm really, you know, it may look like I'm not doing anything, but I'm actually trying to think. <laughs> Having to always wonder when I'm going to get sprayed next is not helping me. But uh, such were the, uh, the joys of quarantine how effective was that by the way <laughs> she was very good at it yeah I bet. my I lecture bet. didn't help at all <laughs> well in this week's portion i think god sort of sneaks up on moses the portion is called vayera he god just appears the speech that god gives is really instructive god spoke to moses saying i am the lord i appeared to abraham isaac Jacob as El Shaddai. I just appeared to them. But when I appeared to them, the name I made known to them was El Shaddai. But I did not make myself known by the name yud heh vav the four-letter personal name of God. And so I want to take a moment to sort of unpack that. Because the word El Shaddai, some people interpret as die from Dayenu. It was enough for them. I revealed to them just enough of what I wanted them to know. But with you, I, I mean, I talked about the covenant with them, but with you, we're actually going to take the step of beginning the fulfillment of the covenant, which is taking the people out of Egypt so that they can go to the land that I promised to them. So El Shaddai is just the revelation to this point, but yud heh vav that is the fulfillment of the covenant, the fulfillment of the covenant. According to another rabbinic source, the word El Shaddai is actually tied to the word breast, as if to say, I suckled them like a baby. They were at a, a lower level of revelation. But you, Moses, I'm going to talk straight to. I'm going to talk face to face to you. And I'm going to reveal my most intimate name, yud heh vav which Art Green, the great professor and thinker, and he also the founder of Hebrew College, he translates yud heh vav which is basically a play on the tenses, is, was, will be. Is, was, will be. That's my name, and that's who I am. I'm eternal, and I'm always evolving. The God that you see today may not appear like the God that you'll see tomorrow, but I'm the same God, and I will always be present. It's a powerful idea, don't you think? Yeah, it's a really powerful idea. In a way, I, it strikes me that God, of course, is is choosing God's name here and choosing a, a name of eternity and omnipotence. There's something really powerful in that. You know, so, sometimes we're inclined to think that names don't matter, right? Um, what's in a name that that which we call by a rose by any, any other name would smell just as sweet? But names do have power, and the fact that you know, people choose their own names in many cases. We certainly choose the names for our children, but um, 
here God is giving us this name and saying that it is a name of um, eternal. It's present, the past, the future. Uh, I think there's a lot of power in that. So when, when Juliet is speaking to Romeo in Shakespeare's words, and she says, what's in a name? What she wants to say is, well, a name is an art, you know, an artifice. Montague, your last name, who my family happens to be in a feud with, that doesn't define who you are. You're Romeo. You could be anything else. I could call you Styrofoam, and <laughs> you would still be who you are. That is a decidedly un-Jewish way of looking at names, right? Mm -hmm. We name our children. We give them names. We, we connect them to family members. And, and there's a sense of eternity about a name, but a name is also about essence for the Bible. And Adam is Adama. He's from the earth. He's made from the earth. Chaya, Chava, Eve, is the life giver, right? That's what her name means. Noach is the one who comforts God and ultimately saves the human race, and on it goes. So it's not surprising that when God says, here's what my name, here's what my intimate name really is, it's yud heh vav -Hey, is, was, will be. I think that that name, yud heh vav -Hey, has a lot to tell us about the Jewish view of theology, because everybody has moments when they would be perfectly justified in being angry at God. True? Oh, of course. We can talk about the immorality of the treatment of our people, or we can talk about things that happen to us as individuals when we lose a loved one, when we lose a friend. How do you justify that? And where does God fit into it? There is a whole theology unto itself, but how often do people say, well, when that happened, I was done with God. What use did I have for God at that moment? And what I think that a, a name like yud heh vav -Hey means is, is, was, will be means our relationship goes on from here. And yes, you can be angry at me at times, and I'll be angry at you at times as far as God's feeling for the Jewish people. But we'll continue to be in relationship. In other words, is, was, will be is a relationship term. When you got married to Jen, it was, here's who I am, here's our relationship as it was, and is, was, will be, and I'm going to be here for you going forward. That's the power of a marriage. That's the power of our relationship with God. I think it's a powerful idea. Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, you, you use the marriage analogy because here we have a giving of a name as a sign of that pact and a sign of that dedication, right? Um, I will share this name with you and you will know me this way. And that's a kind of um, of a commitment there that um, has a lot of power, when, especially given this particular name. The idea that God is willing to share that name is a great moment. And what's interesting about it, it is the unpronounceable name. Right Now, we know that the high priest would pronounce it, but no one else was allowed to even use that name because the name was so powerful. We know the name when we see it in Hebrew, yud heh vav -Hey, we read it as Adonai, my Lord, right? Which is kind of a euphemistic way of acknowledging God, but without really acknowledging the name. I think that that speaks to us in kind of in a profound way. I know it's not all that popular to talk about God or theology, but I think it's really important that we think in terms of what is my relationship with God? What does it mean to be in this relationship where, you know, if God disappoints us at times, 
Does that mean I turn my back on God? Is God, you know, a genie in the bottle that I get three wishes? How do I look at God? What do I really think about God? And how, what kind of relationship do I want to have with God? That's really what Moses is dealing with. That's what the Jewish people are going to deal with as well. Because from a uh, theological point of view, you could say, well, the Jewish people should have been done with God in 1945. One third of Jews were murdered, men, women, and children. A hundred million and a half children were killed, were murdered by the, by the Nazis and their henchmen around all Eastern Europe. From a relationship standpoint, that should about do it. I'm done. I'm done with you. But then three years later, the state of Israel is reborn after almost 2,000 years of exile. So how do you balance all of that into a theology? Right. That's, um, that, you know, is, was, will be. I'm still the same God. You can't understand me, by the way. You can't know really anything about me, but I'm still here. I'm a presence. Well, there's this... Um push and pull built into all of what we're talking about. There's this dilemma because we're talking about giving this name, which is this great act of intimacy, but it's also a name that you can't pronounce. So we're creating this inherent challenge. We're, we're personifying God. We're building a relationship with him. We're trying to create an intimate relationship, but at the same time, you can't say the name. So it's part of that eternal struggle is built right into that simple question of identity. I think that's right. But how well can you know another person? How well can you actually know God? What can you know about God? It's actually implicit. You know, some people will say Hashem, right? Instead, when they see that, they'll say Hashem. Right. Implicit in that is a whole set of decisions. I'm not going to pronounce God's name, even though I know how to spell it. I have to acknowledge that God is unknowable. Every time I say it, God becomes unknowable. Even though I know the name, the name isn't going to quite capture it. Is, was, will be is about as close as I'm going to get. And take it and go forward. Right? That's your God. Other people's, you know, you can see what God looks like. Here's the face of God. This is what God looks like. I know what the prophet of God looks like. But for Jews and for Muslims, God is unknowable. And not only that, you can't even make an image of God, right? Because that's also part of the unknowability. God is simply essence. And that this is the essence of what God is. The act of faith is acknowledging that name as a reality. And the unknowability of it adds to that because it requires you to make that leap of faith. That's what um, you know. I find so compelling in this. The lack of an image, the lack of a face. It's basically saying um, that the work is, up, is upon you. You have to accept this. And if you don't, we're not going to make it easy for you. Well, what's fascinating is, is that if you then follow Moses's life, Moses is struggling with the name is, was, will be, right? God is, God is present, and Moses knows God face to face, but how well does God really, how well does Moses really know God at the end? Because this God is the one who's not going to let him go into the land of Canaan. Right, and Moses wants to see his face, and the people want a sign that, that who they're dealing with, and it's frustrating. But it's real life. We struggle with that idea again and again. And I think in the struggle and in the willingness to go forward with that idea that God is going to be a presence and I have to figure it out. That doesn't mean I can't get angry. That doesn't mean I can't feel distant at times, but it means that the relationship continues on because that's what God is. God is eternal. God is, was, will be. Yeah, I think it suggests that you have to seek the answers. It's not going to be presented to you. I think that's what Jewish faith is all about. It's labor intensive, right? You got to seek it think about it, engage it. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. All right. Thank you, Rabbi.